from what I've heard, booty is life. Yes. Water is life. That's like a pirate's mantra. Booty is life. Water is life. Let's make a pirate religion, guys. Do pirates... Do pirates... What are their opinions on daylight saving? I don't know. I like to bitch, 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 itch. I think I figured out why we are so awkward. I had this realization the other day, and we say hi to each other on the podcast. We've already been talking for a solid, like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, and we say hi every episode so far. Like, we ran into each other at the grocery store. Like, we weren't expecting to see each other. Like You know, I think maybe it's because... Neither of us have been into a grocery store for That's three, a, five, six months. So that maybe is a we just fair point. Maybe we just miss that really awkward interaction. Oh my gosh, I am so shocked to see you here hi. at this planned meeting that we have. Hi. Hi. We do this the same time pretty much every week. Every week. And it's still shocking to see your beautiful face on my screen. That's what it is. I'm <gasps> just I'm you. so taken aback. By your beauty, your style, and your grace that I just, I surprise myself every time. I am so glad you find this beautiful because I just roll right out of bed and wander <laughs> right in here. I slept with my hair half up and so it's in that beautiful disheveled half It looks bed. gorgeous. I am imagining you like literally rolling out of bed down the hall. Are you recording downstairs or upstairs? Upstairs. Oh, dang it. Down, yeah. rolling, the visual of you down, rolling down the stairs is amazing. Yeah. With your um, dog looking on like, uh, mom. And everyone thinks that Beyonce's song was written about herself. No, no. She wrote no. it about me. Absolutely. I, I woke up like this. You did. You're welcome. <laughs> so welcome to our podcast. Hi. The intros are not going to get any less awkward as we go on i'm i'm afraid maybe someday we maybe. can dream maybe by but, our 100th episode <laughs> yeah that's our hey, goal hey listen keep listening and our celebration for the 100th episode will be a non-awkward intro okay we'll do our best no promises but like we'll try well we'll give it our best we'll effort. try yeah so welcome hi to, or back to you say bitch like it's a bad thing hi Yay! How? I was about to say, how are you feeling? I guess that's technically part of our check-in. So, are you ready to check in? It is. Let's do it. Uh, how are you? I am so giddy. I'm yeah. so excited because our podcast, our brainchild, is finally out on the interwebs, um, and the reaction that we have received over the past 24 hours—it's been out for well. A day and a half now, I guess, um, has been incredible. Yeah. Um, I cannot speak directly for Carissa, but I have a very strong feeling we are... You probably can, yeah. We have both 
experienced a roller coaster of emotions over this past week with the preparation of getting everything set up, making sure that all of our I's were dotted and our T's were crossed and getting ready to to drop this bad boy yesterday. And I'm like, my cheeks hurt from just smiling so much. Yay. I know. Me too. I, I mean, thank you to, to everyone who's reached out and yes, and please keep those positive words of affirmation coming because as theater kids, we need constant validation. So we appreciate, I, we appreciate that from you guys. Um, so yeah, I'm in a really, really good mood. I'm really excited to record again and, and keep this train a rolling. Yeah. Keep that bowl rolling. Keep the bowl rolling. As we do <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> so close. How are you? I'm good. Um, I'm weirdly calm. Like, this is the first time I feel like we've done a check-in that I just feel this sense of calm. So I think it's probably a lot because we got those episodes out. Mm-hmm. Huge weight lifted off my shoulders. And yeah, I'm very elated and pleased with the feedback we've received so far. Yeah. So I'm, I'm good. I'm excited. Uh, I'm going to jump topics real quick. Yeah, go um, for it. As if that's something that's off-brand. No. Because I realized everyone is probably dying to know a candle update. (gasps) Yes. Because all of my Bath & Body Works candles have arrived. Yeah! And they are so good. Guys, I love candles. Have we made that clear? I love candles. (gasps) Kendra is currently waving her um, vampire blood. If you hear, I'm just smelling my candle. It's, she's not doing cocaine. <laughs> no. This is normally as fast as I talk. Regardless of how you felt about episode two, we do not do <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> the stark change between those first two episodes every time I listen to it, I'm It's so floored. true. It's so true. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's good. So, candles. Today, um, my final one came this morning. I wasn't supposed to get here till Monday, so I was very shocked and excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one that was kind of a gamble for me. I think it's called like farmhouse or something. <gasps> yes. Yep. I know what one you're talking about. Yeah. And I was, I was nervous cause it's got like some sort of pine scent in it, which mm-hmm. is really hard to do well in a candle. Yes. It's really easy to like overdo, but it's perfect. It, one of the reviews, the review that got me to buy it was a woman who said, like, my grandmother lived in a farmhouse or a cabin in the middle of the woods, and I smelled this in the store, and it smelled exactly like her house, and I burst into tears in the middle of Bath and Body Works, and I was like, that's so relatable. So I bought it, and I spent most, a significant portion of my life at a summer camp way Mm. up north, like, 20, 30 miles south of the Canadian border up north in the middle of the woods. And so I smelled it this morning and it smells like camp. Oh. And so I love it. Stop. Candles. Candles. Um, I have one suggestion for Uh-oh. Bath and Body Works. No, it's not a bad thing. Oh, it's I thought it was for me and I was no, like, no, no, I no, don't no. take criticism well. No, no. I know this about you. I would not hey, preface. Okay. I would not preface <laughs> criticism for you with, I have a small suggestion. Hold on. I'm getting a knock on my door.
Okay, where were we? Not criticizing me, but I have one uh, suggestion, suggestion for Bath and Body Works. Um, yes. Vampire Blood is amazing. But I have one suggestion to make it more of an experience and more of a spooky... <gasps> it's a spooky I know, suggestion. I know where this is going and I am here for it. The wax is white in the three wick candle. I think it's red in the single wick, but it is white in the three wick. Could you make it red or make it like, I don't know if there's such a thing as like heat activated color changing wax. If you could make it go from white to red that would as be you're burning it. So cool. That would, I feel like. For all your creative ideas, Bath and Body Works, I'm here for you. Oh, uh, sorry, apparently we're not Android friendly, Yeah. which here's the thing. Why are you using an Android? I mean, don't stop listening to this podcast because I just dissed your Android. I know that Android lovers are very, very, uh, what's the word? They're like die hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's like ride, they or, love ride or die for that Android. That's fine. I have done everything humanly possible to make it as mobile friendly as I can. And unfortunately, we don't have a way to yeah. modify it, um, Apple versus Android. So I'll keep looking into it. Otherwise, I apologize. And I guess you're just going to have to visit on our desktop. Yeah. Okay. So you're ready to start bitching? Yes, please. Okay. This one is kind of an interesting topic because I personally am not really swayed one way or the other. It's just something I've kind of accepted. Um, I am swayed. I am swayed one way. Okay. Well, then good. You have a lot of opinions about this. I will provide facts. You can provide opinions. Perfect. How about that? Uh, It's getting colder outside. It's fall. So let's talk about the inevitable daylight saving. Which, I should be clear, it's daylight saving time, not daylight savings time. People in the date and time community are very specific about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going because to Because you are, you're saving You are daylight. literally saving daylight, yes. So yeah, yeah. I will try very hard as I go through it to address it appropriately. If I don't, you can do one of two things. Uh, take a drink, maybe. Turn it into a drinking game. Or Always a good option. Don't email me threatening email. <laughs> so. Drink or STFU. Yes, got it. pretty much. Pretty got much. it, got it, got it. <laughs> that will be our game. <laughs> also <laughs> could be played with the Ruth Bader Ginsburg episode. <laughs> okay, so who do we have to blame for daylight saving? How did it, it start? Can I, Quick, can I just yes. hypothesize? Absolutely. Is How it, do you think it started? Is it men? It is men. What? what? Oh my oh, god! But all of their ideas are so good. How You're is this possible? So you are not only the epitome of beauty right now. You are just brains, <gasps> brains for days. Thank you. <laughs> so tell me about these men. So the idea of daylight saving originated back in 1895. Uh, by a man from New Zealand named George Hudson, who was an entomologist, who, those not based in science lingo, is uh, one who studies insects. Um, He proposed a two-hour time shift twice a year, as opposed to our one-hour time shift twice a year. That would kill me, first of all. So he could have more sunshine in the summer to go bug hunting. 
Okay. Which is like the purest reason I could ever imagine. Okay, that's adorable. Uh, You cannot be mad at George Hudson for proposing this because... No. I mean, and it didn't stick, so... Yeah. Sorry, George. He's There are also pictures of him online, and he just looks like the sweetest man. And I would give him two hours of my day for him to go bug hunting. Could he, he also Could he also not just, like, adjust his schedule to when he's bug hunting? You know, probably. Because I don't the know thing, how... The thing is, changing the hours of the day doesn't actually change right. the sun hours. It just changes what part of the day they hit at. Right, and I think depending on the bug that he's studying, some of them might be more active during certain hours of the day, but those also might conflict with, I don't know how entomology but, in New Zealand works. But I don't know. That, I feel like that doesn't change. Like, the only thing it changes is his schedule. Like, maybe instead of working a, like, 9 to 5, he's working a, like, 11 to 7 or whatever. Because the bugs don't know time. That's true. Um, the, the internet didn't dive into that. Um, God damn it, internet. So I don't have an answer for you, but I totally understand where you're coming from. Okay. There's, there's going to be a lot in this segment that you're like, but wait, <laughs> why couldn't we just do this instead? And I very much understand that. Okay. Can't wait. Okay. So next, it was proposed by British builder William Willett. Um, to England's parliament as also a way to not waste daylight. Um, it went through a few phases of bill drafting, but was ultimately rejected by the British government. Smart. Uh, the idea was tabled until 1916 during World War One, when, surprise, the Germans wanted a way to save fuel for the war effort and use up as much sunlight as possible. Most bad decisions can be traced back to the Germans. I'm German, so I feel like I was going to say, say that. I'm also German. Okay, okay that's fine. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. Uh, so Germany and Austria-Hungary began implementing daylight saving in 1916 with Britain, most of its allies, and European neutrals following suit soon after. Uh, the U.S. implemented it in 1918 while also adding time zones throughout the country. So this specific stretch was only in effect for about a year and a half, and then it was repealed when the war ended. Because apparently they didn't need to save daylight when the country wasn't at war. Interesting. I don't know. So, daylight saving came back during World War II. Surprise. Makes uh, sense. For the same reason. uh, Initially earning it the nickname Wartime. Uh, Fair. When the U.S. specifically was not at war, it was kind of a free-for-all among the states. They could do whatever they wanted. Implement daylight saving. They could not implement daylight saving, which ultimately created a little bit of confusion. Understandably, yeah. When you have time zones, and then some states within the time zones are doing daylight saving, and some are not. Especially when there's not, like, now that we have smartphones, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's not a huge deal. You just whip out your phone, you look up what time it is somewhere else, but... Yes. Yep. TV stations, transportation agencies, and, like, nationwide industries had a hard time keeping up with every shifting clock that was going on with the nation. Sure. So then that created the Uniform Uniform Time Act of 1916, um... Obviously, as the name states, created a uniformity of time observance across the country. Uh, It included setting the beginning and end of daylight saving. So it became a thing 
an official thing nationwide in 1966. Um, later amendments solidified the start and end dates, but this is still in effect today, and that's what regulates the time changes in the United States. Uh, currently, there are 70 countries in the world who observe daylight saving. Uh, Japan, China, and India are the only major industrialized countries that don't. Um, countries that are close to the equator typically don't adopt daylight saving because the tilt of the earth isn't as drastic, so they don't see as strong of a difference in sunlight during the year. Yeah. Um, I always tell my husband I want to live on the equator because I enjoy the warmer temperatures and the nearly consistent day daylight times. Yes. But for some reason, he refuses. What? I know. I don't it doesn't... know. He, he seems like an equator guy. You know, he's very logical, so I don't understand why that argument didn't yeah. sway him. We'll see. Guys, uh, send my husband emails. Um... <laughs> His work email is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, their address is, if you want to send. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, send care packages um, explaining how amazing. Uh, dioramas would be great. You can send Ooh. us dioramas with how amazing the equator equator living is. <laughs> yes very excited also i hate daylight savings time so would love to move somewhere that doesn't have it but mm -hmm. well lucky for you there are two states in the united states that do not adopt daylight saving do you know what they are uh arizona mm -hmm. i can't remember what the other one is hawaii oh does not smart. have daylight saving mm -hmm. um, and then the territories of the american samoa guam Puerto Rico, U.S. Virgin Islands, they all don't observe daylight saving. I think aren't there's there, one more, but I don't remember. Aren't there also a state or two that have, like, sections that don't observe? Yes. There's, like, a small chunk that doesn't observe or does observe. I don't remember yeah. which way it went. But, yeah, it's very, like, scattered. Yeah. That's so weird. the world. It's kind of crazy. so weird. So, as you can imagine, there is a lot... Yes, I have a question. Okay. Yes. Did my understanding or the, st the fable I've been told about where it came from had to do with farming? Interesting. Have you seen that one? No, but in the research that I did, I found that a lot of farmers are naysayers. They don't like daylight savings. Interesting. Yeah. So there was this narrative. It, uh, it goes around pretty much every year. Um, and I've seen things on both sides, like, yes, this is true, and, like, no, this is bullshit. But there's this narrative that, like, it was brought about or kept around because um, back in the day, like, the majority of the country was farmers. Mm -hmm. And so in order to make sure you had as much help during, um, like, farm season, um, they shifted the hours so they would have more daylight to do mm -hmm. all of their farming, but it was also somehow involved with, like, the kids going to school so that the kids could go to school but also still have daylight to help do all the farm work. Yeah, and so the argument, that argument now is, like, we we have equipment with, like, lights and things, so that's not as big of a deal. Plus, mm -hmm. farming is very different industry in general, and kids don't help that way as much, so. Yes. Well, I get in, I can jump to farming really quick because... I was really surprised. Multiple sources that I found online said that farmers are anti-daylight saving. Um, because the hours, their hours are set by the sun. That so I was just thinking that, yeah. It, it's kind of a mind 
yep trick for them you know yep um and those that do have larger families with children helping children um don't quite comprehend daylight saving like adults do and so it can hit them harder it can hit them differently yeah um another reason let's see uh another reason why farmers oppose daylight saving is this i don't quite understand but um grain is best harvested after dew evaporates so when field hands arrive earlier and leave earlier in the summer their labor is seen as less valuable interesting i know i don't i i am not a very good gardener Mm-hmm. But uh, we have raspberries at our house, and luckily raspberries grow themselves mm-hmm. pretty pretty well. And uh, when I was researching, I remember reading, like, yeah, you want to pick raspberries as early in the morning as you can, but after the dew evaporates. So, mm-hmm. um, huh. dairy farmers also complain about the change because apparently cows are sensitive to the timing of milking. Sure. Um, that makes sense. So delivering milk earlier it messes up their systems that makes sense so i don't know yeah interesting i i always kind of assumed it had something to do with farmers which is i think why i was so surprised that yeah every uh, a good majority of the the articles that i read and research i did said that farmers were not a fan i'm really curious if I was about to say if it's true that farmers are opposed, which it is because you researched it and you found it. So, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm really, sure some farmers aren't. You I'm know, sure, right? I'm, so I'm really, I'm really curious then. Like, it, since a majority of farmers don't approve, where that concept came from, the, yeah. the original farming concept came from, if it was like legit, and then they've since realized that it's not good, or if, like, yeah, I don't know, big, big time made up that story because they know America loves to support their farmers. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. So that's really interesting. Yeah, I'll have to do more research. I will let you know in a future episode, or I'll just talk to farmers. Perfect. Who knows? Um, So, obviously, there's a lot of controversy with daylight saving. Um, It's nice to have the extra sunlight in the summer, but that transition sucks waking up in the spring. This maybe should wait, but I'm going to put it here. Yeah. My personal views are, fuck daylight saving. It's the worst. We can Mm -hmm. get into details on why later. But I think we should just go to, because daylight saving is the summer Mm -hmm. change, right? Mm -hmm. I think we should adopt consistent daylight saving. Oh, so you don't want to... I don't want to shift back. Okay. So you want... Instead of, um, okay, that's interesting. At least I'm pretty sure. Uh, my coffee may not have fully kicked in to wrap my brain. No, but I, I, I believe that's, I believe that's what I want. I'll let you know if I change my mind later in this episode. But yes, I think that's, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, I, it's a thing now, so it sucks. The spring falling, springing forward in the spring where you lose an hour of sleep is what hits me the hardest. It is the yeah. worst. Yeah. Um, I still remember growing up, my my parents would have us prep like a week ahead of time. That's genius. For spring. Like we would continuously like go to bed a little earlier and a little earlier and we'd wake up a little bit earlier. But even doing that, it still hit me like a ton of bricks every time. 
Also, though, it kind of sounds like a trick where your parents were like, <laughs> oh, no, 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 this is this is daylight savings prep. Um, we're not just trying to get rid of you a little earlier and earlier every night. Um, this is important for your health. Is that why they continued to do it? Like yeah. year round? It just moved. It, it got longer and longer every, yeah. Mom. Dad. Hey, they're smart. Speaking of difficulty with, like, the changing of the hours. Mm-hmm. I had this great clock that my parents got me in high school that automatically changed. In with... high school? Yeah. What kind yeah, of it... futuristic technology was that? It was it was great because then they they were like you have no excuses to not be on time to things because <laughs> because this clock changed on its own which was great except uh I believe in two thousand and eight the U S government or world I don't know who did it decided to change the date of when daylight savings time mm-hmm. is One and of my amendments. clock did not change. Because oh, no. it wasn't it wasn't like a smart clock. It was just programmed in to yeah. on this date change. And I was a freshman in college. And so I missed my 8 o'clock class for an entire week straight because my clock was off by an hour and I couldn't figure it out. Oh, my gosh. I You tell it. Okay. The same thing happened to me. I did not have a futuristic clock. But I went to the wrong class. Uh, my, what, it was my freshman year. Yeah. I was supposed to be going to a biology class and I walked in and I sat down at my normal spot and I like looked around. It was this big like lecture hall. And I remember looking around and going, I don't recognize anyone in here. Like this does not look like, and like I'd been going to class for a month at this point or two months, you know? Yeah. And I was like, this doesn't look like my class. I was in the wrong class. Thank Did you, Daylight you- Saving. Did you sit through the entire class? No, or did you thankfully get up I okay. realized it quick enough. I Before, think like, okay, good. the professor was like putting, getting his like slideshow or like PowerPoint situated. And I was like, yeah. nope, this isn't it. I gotta go. Because if I, if I had been in that situation and class had started, I 100% would have made myself sit through that entire class. <laughs> Just so no one saw you leave. Yes. Um, I also had another instance. I was in high school. Um, I was in whatever we had a like a a public speaking class and I think it was in like ninth or tenth grade one of our projects in this class was to create a cereal box there were like teams of three and so I went over to one of the the girls she wasn't one of my friends um but went over to her house so we could like make this cereal box and we were gonna sleep over and stay the night it was a Saturday into a Sunday and I was so paranoid about like getting to church on time because my parents were going to come pick me up and they were like you need to be ready to go so we can get to church um yeah I was sitting there ready to go for over an hour I didn't have a cell phone everyone else in the house was asleep and I thought my parents forgot about me and I was so sad I was oh I was just sitting awake alone by the front door. Oh, that's the worst. With all of my stuff. And I thought they forgot me. They didn't. Oh, they love me. So. That's amazing. I just, I didn't even connect the dots that it was daylight saving. Like, it, I don't, I'm, well, I'm sure my parents were like, now don't forget. Right. It's like, daylight we've saving. Been, <laughs> we've been training we've for We've been this. training all week. <laughs> 
But oh I just, in my ninth or tenth grade brain, just, like, didn't connect anything. Yeah. And, yeah, sat there wide-eyed and yeah. scared that my parents forgot yeah, me. Yeah, so I feel like, if for no other reason alone, we need to get rid of it because, like, that is traumatic. And we should really be avoiding traumatic situations like that for small children at all costs, right? <laughs> Um, so people who are pro daylight savings, so you probably fall into this category, argue it saves energy, promotes outdoor leisure activity in the evening. Um, it's good for physical and physiological health. Um, it actually reduces crime. Uh, the longer I thought you said, I thought you said crying and I was like, (laughs) I'm all for that. (laughs) It reduces crying, um, but only in the summer. Uh, it reduces crime. The longer daylight hours means that sure. people are less likely to commit crimes. Interesting. Um, okay. And it's good for business. Um, a lot of retailers are fans of daylight saving because it gives more people it gives people more daylight hours to shop. Interesting. I find that to be true. Like looking back in the winter, I would just much rather go home after work. But you know? is that? Is that a darkness factor or is that a weather factor? Oh, it like could. When it's, I'm sure it's a healthy dose of both. Yeah, because when it's cold and or snowy, like I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to go out and do anything or get in and out of my car any more times than I have to. Yeah. So. Um, the naysayers argue that daylight saving disrupts our circadian rhythm. Sure. Um, negatively impacting. Which, yes. sorry, I am all sorts of interrupting today. That is just fine. As someone who at the moment believes they are pro-daylight saving all year round, I feel like that would also reset our circadian rhythm. Yes. Yes. So it's it's just the change that affects yes. that, correct? And okay. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so yeah, the change in daylight saving disrupts our circadian rhythm, negatively impacting our health. Um, it increases fatal traffic collisions, and I have studies later that, that show that. Um, the actual energy savings are inconclusive, which I also believe to be true. Yeah. And that daylight saving increases health risks such as heart attack or strokes. Is that because of the, the The hour sleep Mm -hmm. shift? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. Um, the health effects that come with daylight saving, um, So I'm going to talk a lot about the circadian rhythm, which for those of you who do not know, it is the 24-hour cycle our bodies go through that let us know, hey, you should wake up now. Hey, you should probably eat now. I think it's time for you to go to bed. So uh, there's an article that was published last month in August of 2020 from the Journal of Clinical Sleep Medicine uh, that says that the hour switch twice a year as a result of daylight saving provides evidence that there are increased public health risks and safety risks, uh, including adverse cardiovascular events, such as heart attacks and strokes, mood disorders, and motor vehicle crashes. Um, obviously, there have been no long-term studies that show the effect when you take away that hour switch, but mm-hmm. they strongly, strongly believe that a human circadian rhythm can be real messed up. Yeah. Um, traffic accidents increase in the first few days after the change from standard time to daylight saving with some studies showing an increase in fatal crashes of up to six percent in the united states jeez yeah i you're you're tired you're probably upset that you have to get up that early (laughs) oh that's so true (laughs) i wake up super pissed off the 
well, it, the Monday that I would have yes. to go to work, I've had like a full day to prep and, and I still am just pissed. Am I correct in remembering that like when the shift initiates, you wake up and it's darker than it was like a week before? Yes. Or is that in the You're, other? I cannot in, remember. In the spring, you wake up at six, I need, but your I need body, like, but your body like feels like it's five. In the spring. Okay. Because okay, you spring, I don't like you spring okay. forward. I don't like that initial shift in the spring then because you're you're waking up and the clock says it's six. But, but your body you thought, feels like it's But the five. sun thinks it's the sun thinks it's five, so it's mm-hmm. darker than it was a week ago. Yes. I hate that. Yes. Yes. I hate that. We I got hate there. especially especially as a runner, which oh, again yeah. we can get into eventually. But especially as a runner, I hate like consistently running and like I have daylight and then suddenly for no reason at all it's not like a gradual shift like it is with the season changes like suddenly mm-hmm. i'm running in the dark again yeah i hate it yep it's the worst <sighs> okay sorry um, where were we that's okay traffic accidents mm-hmm. um so along with losing sleep and obviously being tired light levels and visibility on the road are affected Which also plays into this increase. They have also noticed that on the Monday after the transition to daylight savings, so the spring, um, there's an increase in riskier trading in the U.S. stock market. (gasps) What? Mm -hmm. They're not sure why. so cool. They're not 100% sure why, but they're thinking it has to do with a sleep deprivation. Duh. Yep. And how your frontal lobe functions. Um... And because you're feeling sleep deprived, you would have impaired judgment, impaired decision making. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You're more likely to make risks with your finances. Or maybe it's just all of these people trying to subtly be like, let's sabotage daylight saving. And, and they've all just decided to make risky trading to try to screw over the economy and make people think it's a bad idea. You know what? That's actually not a bad idea. I know. I'm all for that. Guys. Any stockbrokers out there who are listening? Because I know hit, that's hit our main up. demographic. <laughs> uh, clearly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, seasonal depression or seasonal affective disorder occurs in climates where there is less sunlight at certain times of the year. Um, Ew, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, people can have feelings of fatigue, depression, hopelessness, and social withdrawal. I mean, obviously getting rid of daylight saving will not completely get rid of seasonal depression since the days will still be getting shorter the closer we get to winter why i want to look at the equator but yeah yeah but it might help the body regulate its circadian rhythm um it would probably make it more of a gradual and a natural shift rather than just the smack in the face surprise yep everything's (laughs) off an hour um There was a study done in May 2017 in Denmark that observed the contacts made to a Danish psychiatric hospital over the course of 17 years. Oh, that's Um, so cool. They found an 11% increase in the rate of unipolar depressive episodes. So not bipolar. There isn't the manic high and low. There's just the low. Um, In the transition from daylight saving to standard time, which happens in the fall, which emphasizes the distress associated with the sudden advancement of sunset. Interesting. Mm-hmm. 11% okay. increase. I have a proposition. Yes. If you are out there and you keep a journal and or have, I don't know, middle school journals from when you were growing up, look at these entries and tell oh. us what you see. I'm curious if there, if you can like see 
a shift. That's a great idea. If you want to send us examples, I wish we I would have read them. <sighs> I didn't. I have found some of my middle school journals, but um, I don't think they're in here right now. But I didn't journal enough, like consistently mm-hmm. enough, where I'd be able to see a change. But now I wish yeah. I would have. Because that would be really interesting. Ooh, please, guys. Okay. If we get insert number here of downloads or something by uh, insert date here. That is a great idea. And we both find our middle school journals. We'll do a mini-sode where we read you some of our excerpts. see if I can find my journals. That would you be should. really... That would be interesting. I'm actually shocked that I have any journals remaining because I was the type of person who would write for, like a week or two mm-hmm. and then not touch it and then be like I have to start all over and like rip out all the pages and get rid of them to start over. <laughs> so it's a miracle we have what we have. I don't know. I digress. So daylight saving. So daylight saving. Over the past few years, there's been a very strong push to get rid of daylight savings altogether. Good. Which saving. also I don't I don't want you to like wrap this up and then I have unsaid business. So can I just talk about yeah. as a runner real quick? Yeah. Well, go for it. as a as a Minnesotan and as a runner, and as a Minnesotan runner, <laughs> I hate it. As often as possible, I try to run in the morning just to get it out of the way. Plus, the weather is typically better. Mm-hmm. So I hate I hate when I've been used to waking up and running in the daylight, and then daylight, savings ha- daylight saving happens, and suddenly it's dark mm-hmm. in the morning. Yeah. When literally the day before I was running in daylight. Like, that's... And also, I think it's part of that, as a Minnesotan and as a runner... When it starts to get lighter in the morning, you're like, yes, it's finally becoming summer. This horrible, yes. like, winter that's dragged on for too long is finally over. And then the universe is like, well, JK, it's dark yeah. again. I'm really curious if if we do end up abolishing daylight saving, how it will be different up here as opposed to, like, southern states. Yes. You know? Because yes. we do have such drastic season changes. Yeah. And I think the reason I prefer keeping the daylight saving model to the regular one is the whole, I enjoy having more daylight. And I don't understand why we don't keep that in the summer or the winter, because that's when we need it most. Mm -hmm. There's nothing worse than leaving work in the dark at five. Not, we're not working until like nine at night, like leaving work at five o'clock and it's dark when you could be leaving at five and it's mostly light if we kept that model like that's annoying and then again as a runner in the winter unless I'm running on lunch Mm -hmm. I'm running in the dark right because before work it doesn't get light until after I get to work and then by five it's already dark and if we maintained that daylight saving I would most likely if I run as soon as I get home not have to run in the dark right which would be ideal Not just for me, because I'm not selfish, but, like, my husband gets really anxious when I run outside in the dark. And so for him, also, I would really prefer more daylight. (laughs) Okay. Not to, like, cut you off, but are you good? Have you said everything that you would like to say? I mean, probably not, but that's all I can think of. So, yes, carry on. Okay, because I'm going to royally piss you off here for a second. Oh, Um, fuck, I'm not. I'm not ready. (laughs) The European Biological Rhythm Society, the European Sleep Research Study, and the Society for Research on Biological Rhythms have recently published a joint statement saying... I'm already mad. The scientific evidence presently available indicates that installing permanent 
standard time. No. Or winter time. No. Winters. No. Is the best option for public health. Why? Is it because it's darker when we sleep? Because here's the thing. What if we just gave everyone blackout curtains? (laughs) There are other (laughs) solutions, guys. We can have both. The blackout curtain industry would just. We can have both. I'm taking out stock, guys. Let's make this happen. Yeah. I'm a, that's, that's their suggestion. Who knows knows what's going to come of it, but. um, Also, as a Minnesotan, wouldn't we want to have, no, that shifts it the other way. Scratch that. This goes against my normal cause. I'm not going to say what I was going to (laughs) say. I cannot have differing opinions (laughs) on this podcast. (laughs) Um, I'm very interested how daylight saving will happen this year with the pandemic yeah i'm because i know that there have been a lot of people online now that are like you know what 2020 screw it everything else has happened this is the perfect opportunity to just don't do it don't do it exactly see what happens exactly well and i because i'm working from home and my job since i'm the only one the only like marketing department employee that was a good sentence guys you are the marketing department (laughs) yeah i can work whenever i want Mm -hmm. and nothing nothing else in my life right now is dictated based on time like we don't even have we don't even have cable so we're not like trying to catch a show at a specific time so there is a part of me that's like just don't change just don't change just keep living your life like it's daylight saving all winter long yeah um, which also you thank you for providing my transitions for me. This I'm is, not saying I'm psychic, but I might be. I mean, we do share a brain. That's so true. That's I'm true. not at all surprised by this. Um, so usually at the end of these segments, we do a well. What can we do? Unfortunately, there's not a whole heck of a lot we can do <laughs> with this. Besides boycotting completely. Well, I <laughs> I'm not going to suggest you personally get rid of it in your I own am. life because I am suggesting that <laughs> that can lead to difficulties with your job or other commitments unless you are can the marketing we? department okay. as Carissa has stated <laughs> can I this is controversial but if you had a religion that for some reason was opposed to daylight saving could you oh, get away with it can we start our own religion <gasps> Where a major... I've always wanted to start my own religion. That's a lie. I've never thought about it until right now. That's also um, a lie. But that was more of a cult. I was going to say, than... I'm pretty sure that's just a cult. But yeah, I'm just saying, guys, maybe we band together. We start our own religion. We I... make this a, a very important point. It could work. I have some ideas. Let's talk offline. Perfect. <laughs> Check our website for updates on our cult <laughs> Quick side note, are there yeah. any cults or religions, but cults that You're asking have... the wrong person. I can tell you this already. You're asking the wrong person, but continue. I don't know cults. Kendra, how are I'm... you a true crime I I love lover. true crime. I just, I've never really gotten into cults. Oh, man. cults sorry. are so intriguing. Okay, so I'm going to ask this question and you're not going to answer it, but I'm still going to leave it in the universe. I'm going are... to give my best answer. Are there any cults that have successfully been run by, like, two leaders? Like, two co-leaders? Yes. Oh. Which ones, Kendra? 
Yes. That's not... Kendra, this is like responding to an either-or email with a yes. You know that's oh, not an acceptable that's answer. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. I hate that so much. Oh, and I hate you for I'm bringing curi- that up. I'm curious because any of the ones I can think of off the top of my head, like, it's usually a power-hungry person who's mm-hmm. a single leader. So now, if you know of any, reach out. Otherwise, maybe I'll do some research on my own. Um. So, I mean, if you are super passionate about getting rid of daylight saving feel free to write to your local representative pull yeah. a reverse william willett um i i don't know what i don't know what could come of that but it doesn't hurt to try that is so true yes um so instead i have some simple ways to help with the sudden change that daylight saving might have on you physically emotionally some things you can do essentially to lessen the the impact of the transition a get outside Get some sunlight during the day. Um, even if it's cold, cloudy outside, being outside and getting outside light will help. Um, take a walk, eat lunch outside, sit outside and read. Um, if it is cold and you can't slash don't want to get outside, um, give, your, <laughs> give your space a brighten up makeover. Um, I also just realized these are now things for the winter transition for daylight saving so not actual daylight saving okay but actual daylight saving we already covered how you transition that and your parents had figured it out you just gotta slowly prep a week or two out yes and just hope that works great for those of you with kids wink wink yes uh so these are these are things that help combat um the dark darkness the impending darkness. How Which I argue is the worst part. So that yes. Okay, perfect. Um, so yeah, give your space a brighten up makeover. Um, open the blinds to get the sunlight in. Um, in your home or your office, there are lamps out there that can provide light therapy. Yeah. If it is dark and gloomy outside, they essentially just look like an iPad that is has a white screen all the time. Buy some plants. Um, if you're like me and you are not blessed with a green thumb, same fake plants work too. I have fake plants all over my apartment because I can't kill them and they brighten up my space. Yeah. Um, another suggestion, move your body. Um, exercise relieves stress and anxiety. So even if it's just making a playlist on Spotify of songs that you like to dance to, I have Mm, one on my Spotify. Um, move your furniture out of the way and have a dance party in your living room. Yes. You'll break a sweat and hopefully just have a smile on your face, which is great. I like to, uh, throw music on while I cook dinner and dance around my kitchen while I cook. I do that as well. It is wonderful. Um, another thing you can do, socialize. I know it's hard to do now with the (laughs) pandemic, but call up a friend in video chat. Um, connect with people who love you. They can offer support, laughter if you need it, or just a distraction from the shorter days, the impending doom of winter, if you will. Another thing you can do, just check in with your circadian rhythm. Um, sleep when you're tired, eat when you're hungry. Um, anything you can do to help regulate your circadian rhythm and get your body back on track will good, will, will good, will be good. Um, give yourself a routine and try really hard to stick to it. And then finally, get medical help if you need it. Um, seasonal depression is a real thing. Um, it is 
it's not something that should be taken lightly um, if if you feel that it is going to severely impact you, the people around you. Um, if you have seasonal depression and it gives you suicidal thoughts or thoughts of wanting to harm yourself, there is therapy and medication out there. There's a hotline out there, just a general um, help hotline. Um, and you can still get therapy help even though we're in the middle of a pandemic. I know there are services yes. that provide um, text or phone or video chat. Yes, you can. Therapists. I, I personally think it's better. You can get therapy without leaving your home. Yep. Which and, is probably, I think, better. And I know that uh, seasonal depression can affect, even if you're not feeling suicidal or harmful, mm -hmm. um, I know it can severely affect jobs if you're struggling to, like, get to work or do your work. So it can be a serious hindrance even if you're not suicidal. So don't wait and think, oh, I'm not having thoughts of harming myself before reaching out to someone yes. and getting Absolutely. help. Very good call. Thank you. Also, um, check in on your friends. Yes. It's, I, I know it can be very hard if you are the person suffering to reach out because a lot of times you feel like you're a burden, which mm -hmm. know that your friends do not feel that way. I would much rather have any of my friends reach out to me so I can love them and help them than be suffering in silence and thinking they're a burden. Mm -hmm. But it is hard to reach out. So check in with your friends. And then I urge you to be honest with each other. If you are struggling and someone checks in on you, don't just do what we've been conditioned to do and say, no, I'm fine. Like, yep. let's, let's be honest. Let's have honest, open conversations with each other. Yep. Nothing is going to get better if you don't be honest with people. Exactly. So, yeah. That's daylight saving. Oh, what a crock of shit. Do you wish this fake ad placement would just go away? Are you sick of hearing the same script each week with a different product and wish there was something you could do about it? Then have we got the solution for you. Ad placements, have you heard of them? Besides having a rich family and winning the lottery, ad placement is the number one way for podcasters to make that dough and fatten that bank account. I think we all have a few bank accounts we'd like fattened right about now. Ad placements are quick and easy to use. Just send us a script or let us write your own, if you dare. And just be on your way. Ad placements can be found in many of your favorite podcasts. Name your favorite podcast. Seriously, right now. Say it out loud. Yeah, they probably have one. Maybe more. It's kind of a big thing right now. If you can't find an ad placement, you can make one yourself, which is exactly what we've been doing for face masks and cheese curds and foreplay. Oh, we haven't aired that one. Um, but seriously, we don't really care what you're selling. Please just let us advertise something. I love my insert name of your product here. I use it every time I do that thing that your product is used for. Me too. I currently own four of that product. I think it is a great way to do that special and amazing thing that your product would do. Side effects may include fainting after seeing the drastic uptick in sales after increased exposure for your product, and an enlarged heart from knowing that you are helping to support podcasts like ours. Okay, uh, you ready for a bad bitch? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I am 
so fucking excited for this one. So I do have to give partial credit to my husband. When uh, I first explained our concept for this podcast, I think the first words out of his mouth were, oh my God, you have to do this person. I'm so excited. I genuinely have no idea who you who you have this week, who you picked. So I'm very excited. So today we will be talking about the pirate queen, Zhang Si. Also I have known, no idea who that is. Uh, yeah. Wait, she's flipping amazing. I don't know why I decided to not swear there. Cause oh, she must be amazing if you decided to censor yourself. <laughs> I know she must be amazing. It's, oh, she's incredible. So, uh, Zheng Si, she's also known as uh, Zheng Yat Zhou, um, but I will mostly refer to her as Zheng. So we don't know a whole lot about her early life. We don't really know when or where she was born, um, where she grew up. Uh, we don't even know her birth name. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but here's what we do know. In 1801, she was working as a prostitute on the floating brothels in Canton, which I did not know that was a thing. I didn't either. Do you think they had to, like, strategically time um, sessions so that the boat wasn't rocking the same way as, like, like if if everyone... Oh, it's like it a might water... be better. It might Was be it like the it original was. waterbed sort of thing? It, it, Do you I know how? Be. You know how uh, on like rowing teams they have someone they have like a drum that signals yes. the row. <laughs> Do you think they had a drum that signaled like the thrusts? Here's what they do. Okay, they have a, a a regular version of the boat, and then they have the lazy man's version where <laughs> the boat does the rocking for you. <laughs> So, like, man does not really have to do much, or whoever is, like, in control at that point does not have to do much. That's genius. There's the calorie burner and the lazy man, and those are the two boats, and that's... There's a whole new meaning to lazy river. Sure. Oh. As I said, she's a prostitute on a floating brothel in Canton. Probably (laughs) much less exciting than what we just explained. Oh, man. Um, but she serviced many important men and generals and businessmen, and she ended up catching the eye of pirate commander Jing Yi. I don't know. Pirate commander just sounds <clears throat> very important to me. It It is. He and... was he was pretty badass. So uh, he was a pretty big deal in, in the pirating community. Mm-hmm. Um, he had basically taken a ragtag group of just like bandits and turned them into a very impressive pirate navy. Okay. Yeah. So he was this very skilled, um, like, pirate naval commander and leader, and he became enamored with uh, Madame Jing. Uh, Less in a love at first sight manner and more for her knowledge and her skills. Not in the bedroom. Got it. Thank you. In her brain. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. So she had learned um, and picked up on many trade secrets from pillow talk with her very wealthy and prominent clients. What a uh-huh. smart cookie. Right? And she used that uh, and became a very smart and shrewd business savvy woman. And she was very well known for her shrewd business savvy. So Xing Yi proposes marriage more as a business deal than a um, romantic relationship. Right. And Madame Jing says she will agree, but only if he will accept her two conditions. <sighs> the first condition... She demands a 50-50 share in all of his wealth and plunder. Yes. As well as an equal share in the pirating business. 
Oh, I love or it. Or a, a say in the pirating business. I love what a smart businesswoman. And he agrees. Of course he does. So together they build this crazy, powerful pirate fleet. He handles the naval side and she handles the business side. So they start gaining power and raking in the dough. Uh, she basically orchestrates this salt trade racketeering side business where any salt traders before heading out to sea will stop at a pirate office and pay. I know, right? <laughs> I am imagining like a corporate office. I know. Like, what do you think? The boss is like sitting in the chair. Do you He's think they're all wearing, like... they're wearing polos? They're wearing with polos their like with pirate like, hats? And a peg leg. <laughs> peg leg like it's like khaki shorts and then khaki they have like shorts. a peg leg i'm imagining like the the pirate general has like one of those big black swivel chairs and he's like <laughs> and they like enter and he like what, turns around what do you think business casual for a pirate is i ooh um i mean i think the hat for sure it's probably just like shirts with no more than seven rips in them yes Yes. Um, the the pants, because normally they wear, like, either puffy pants or, like, like puffy capris, right? So you can see the peg leg. Yeah. Yeah, because everyone loves a good peg leg. Mm-hmm. You, do you mm-hmm. think you have to cover up the peg leg because it's too sexy for the workplace? Um, probably if you were a woman, but if you were a man, they'd let it slide. That sounds accurate. Well, now that everyone thinks we're attracted to peg legs. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, the assault traders would come in and they would pay the pirates to ensure safe trade across the sea. Right. Um, and this brought in a lot of money. They had also spread themselves along the coast and they were starting to take over coastal villages, which increased their wealth and their power. Um as pirates do, they would systematically threaten the villages and basically be like, oh, hey, you pay us or we're going to burn you to the ground. <laughs> and the villages were like, hmm, let us think about it. You know, it's only because you're dressed in such a lovely polo with <laughs> I can than see, seven rips. I can see the ankle of that man's peg leg. And, and uh, that so, was the swaying yes. factor. We would be honored to pay you so you would not burn down our village. <laughs> yeah. So... I don't I had no transition there so I turned awkward um yeah so shocker villages started paying them a lot of money right and they're making a lot of money in case that was not clear by the last sentence I said (laughs) so as this is happening there are also a number of other pirate fleets in the area I believe there were about six different kind of bands of pirates Mm -hmm. including the Jings it was very common practice for one pirate fleet to attack another and take all their plunder. Well, the Shanks realized that pirates also share the same goals of making money. Yeah. Stealing from people. So it's really just a waste of time if we keep attacking each other and ruining each other's ships when we could be out looting everyone else. Right. So they reach out to all the other fleets and basically say, hey, teamwork We'll make the pirate dream work. It's like, this sounds like a horrible Disney Channel movie. Copyright. We copyright this Disney yeah. claim. Reach out to us. Um, but yeah, they reach out to all the other fleets and they're like, look, we're just sc- screwing ourselves over by attacking each other. Like, let's work together and we can be stronger and we can be richer. And it freaking works. 
So all six fleets sign an alliance. They create a pirate confederation, and Jingyi sits at the head. Unfortunately, a couple years later, he is swept over the side of the boat in the middle of a typhoon and dies. Or no. so we assume. I mean, I assume when you're swept over the side of the boat of the typhoon, no one actually sees you again, so... Yeah. I was like... Jingyi, started, if you're out there, you started, let us know. Yeah. You started with, or is he? And I was like, is he? Is this That'd just be a, a great twist. Yeah. No, as far as we are aware, he is definitely okay. dead. Okay. Uh, so... So who takes uh, over? You know, that's a good question. Actually, this random guy, peg leg, he's like, look at this polo I have. Clearly, I should be. It was the peg leg. It was peg leg. Peg leg McGee. No, it is, of course, Jing Shi. She, <gasps> yes! she has to think very quickly on her feet, which she does. And she works very quickly to establish herself as leader of the Red Flag Fleet, which is the Jing's mm-hmm. fleet. Um, she asserts her adopted son slash... Um, apprentice, like her and her husband's apprentice, basically. Um, I feel like I need to explain the adopted son bit because they do get married eventually. So it wasn't it wasn't like a weird, like actual mother son relationship. It was more of a since their marriage was more of a business deal, they wanted to make it look legitimate. So they basically adopted got it somebody who they got could it, train got it, got it. as an heir. Okay, so it's not. It's not weird. Um, so she asserts this son into uh, the head of the Red Fleet so that she can assert herself in Xingyi's seat as head of the Confederation. That makes sense. So as she is the head of this giant pirate Confederation, she notices that there's a bit of disarmor, a disarmor, disorder amongst the fleets and installs a very strict code of conduct in order to whip them into shape. Nice. Uh, this conduct includes, uh, or this conduct states that all goods and booty, lol, lol, <laughs> uh, must be presented to the group. 20% okay. uh, got to be kept by the person who seized them, and then the rest went into a public fund. Okay. A very similar uh, thing happened with money. Any actual money was given to an accountant. A small sum got to be kept by the person who seized it, and the rest went into a public fund for supplies and repairs, which was really smart because not all ships would be... Yes, ma'am. I have a question. You can yeah. finish your thought, but I have okay. I have a question. Yeah, so it went into a public fund for supplies and rep- repairs, which was good because not all ships would be... Or fleets would be successful at the same time. And so they kind of acknowledge that, well, if this ship isn't making as much money and they need repairs or food or things, we're going to have a weak link. So if we have this public fund where people can always make sure they're functional, Mm -hmm. the entire group will be stronger. That makes sense. I always assume, this is a dumb question, but the limited knowledge that I have on pirates and sailing and... I cannot believe you're not a pirate and cult expert. I'm I'm just failing you left and right today, aren't I? I'm so How sorry. How are we even friends? You thought you knew me. I did. I, I'm so sorry. I was always under the assumption, and maybe this is just the way it like, makes it look in movies or TV shows or whatever, that booty and money were interchangeable. That they're the same thing. But they're not, right? I mean, they are kind of. I also don't know a lot about this. Um, okay. You're not a booty expert? I am not. I am, well, 
I'm a booty expert, but I'm not a booty expert. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so I think I think goods and booty are more like jewelry. Jewelry, exactly. Gems. Um, they could steal goods, so like rice and food and supplies and Interesting. I assume clothing and things. Okay. I've just always imagined like pirates stealing like gold coins. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, okay, so that would fall in the money category. Yes. That's not a super crazy question, because when I was researching this, I did the same thing. I was like, oh, I just assumed those got lumped together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I think that's kind of where that division lies. Uh, It also had very strict uh, codes of conduct, such as anyone who disobeyed or usurped orders was beheaded on the spot. Oh, shit. On the spot. That's so badass. It is. That's so badass. But, okay. So, yeah. Uh, disobeying orders. Beheaded on the spot. Uh, stealing from the public fund. Resulted in death. Okay. Most likely beheading. Okay. Uh, stealing from villagers that would help to supply the pirates. Mm-hmm. Death slash beheading. Um, stabbed with a peg leg. Stabbed with a peg leg. Ooh. <laughs> peg leg Steve. It's a lot of action. <sighs> do you think he has, like, a... Do you think he has to wear a poncho? Or do they have, like... Blood-resistant polos. I mean, well, I would feel like the protected... He would have to protect his peg leg, right? Because blood stains on wood, uh, those don't go away. Maybe he just... Can you use it to stain? Maybe it was just, like, stained a cherry color. I don't know. Well, I mean, if he stabbed enough people with it, it would eventually be stained a cherry color. So maybe that's how... And then someone probably looked at it and was like, I wish I had a coffee table that color. And that's how cherry... That's how cherry wood was born. Oh, wow. We're making a lot of discoveries today. I know. Okay, continue. Okay, where were we? I keep going on tangents. It's fine. That's what this podcast is all about. (laughs) So, steal from the public. Dead. Steal from villagers who are helping you. Dead. Here we are. Male pirates were allowed to marry. (gasps) However, they must be good and faithful to their wives. If they mistreated or cheated on them, they were put to death. (gasps) Love it. Right? Another uh, good point she makes is that any pirates... uh, So, it's common practice for pirates to take captives when they attack villages. Yes. Um, But any pirates who raped female captives, put to death. (gasps) I love this so much. It's badass. Because that's like rape and pillage... Yes, that's a huge... That's, like, kind of the pirate thing. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I... Yeah, I'm a huge fan of this. Let's bring this back. Yeah, this is amazing. So, um, that's kind of the bulk of the strict code of conduct, and these rules were used to whip the pirates into ship shape. (gasps) Nicely done. Thank you. Thank you. Nicely done. I wrote lol in my notes to remind myself that Uh, that was a joke. Well done. I'm so proud. Uh, to so remind myself that was a joke. I really needed to make sure I emphasized that pun. Well done. So they also expand, expanded their reign along the coast uh, and increased their racketeering to cover all forms of maritime trade. So anyone who was going to get into the sea to do trade first paid the pirates. Wow. Yeah, so they were making a shit ton of money. Um, they were also, as pirates do, this is not great, but killing people left and right. Apparently they would go on raids that would kill as many as 10,000 people in a single expedition. 
Holy buckets. Yeah. So they were terrifying and they were unstoppable. Uh, they were so... They and Zhang, as the pirate captain herself, so feared that uh, there was a bounty on her head. Shocker. Okay. Yeah. Soldiers would be sent out to kill her and collect the bounty. They would often spend more time on land than on sea to try to avoid her, and it was not uncommon for them to sabotage their own ships. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What a badass. I know. So, as this is happening, pillaging, killing, raking in the dough, uh, they end up killing an important provincial leader. Okay. And this, apparently, is the last straw for the Chinese government. So... The emperor decides it's time to put an end to this pirate bullshit, and mm-hmm. he sends an official to go take care of them. Meanwhile, the pirates continue to wreak havoc. They have managed to take over the Pearl River Delta, which is a huge deal because it connects uh, the large trading cities of Macau and Canton. Okay. Plus everything in between. They've taken over both Macau, Canton, and everything in between. Awesome. They spend an entire year terrorizing these villages. The Chinese are starting to realize that they cannot take on the pirates by themselves. Okay. Shocker. So they call in for backup, and a little while later, a British ship a British ship arrives, accompanied by sixty brand new Chinese warships. Holy buckets! So they start coming at the pirates. Usually. Jing's fleets were masters at outmaneuvering other ships, but since they were on a river instead of open sea, this was a lot more difficult to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, after about a week of fighting, uh, Zheng ends up retreating back to her base near the sea, um, and she takes a fleet of damaged ships with her. Uh, And she leaves her new husband and second-in-command in in Canton to kind of run the business Mm -hmm. while she's at their base. So while she's back there taking care of business from afar. She looks out one morning to see four Portuguese ships on the horizon. Oh, no. And so she and the rest of her crew are blockaded in the bay. Oh, no. She sends for help. She sends words to every single ship, and she sent word to her husband in Canton. Her husband returns with most of the ships, except... For the black ship fleet, which has, I think they accepted a pardon, but they basically mm. decided we're not coming to help. Okay. By the time they get there, the enemy fleet has grown to 60 warships, 35 fishing boats, and four western ships. Oh my gosh. The pirates only have seven functional warships and a few smaller boats. Everything else is currently up on the beach in some sort of disarray. Well, shit. (laughs) Plus, the Chinese government has done exactly what they had hoped and gathered all of the pirates in one place. And blocked them in. no. So, the Imperial fleet begins its attack with cannon fire. They fire for two hours straight, and the pirates can do nothing. Oh, no. Eventually, one of the smaller pirate vessels is able to get close enough to a ship, and they throw their torches on board, and it detonates the magazine, and the ship just explodes. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Which is incredible. So I think that's kind of what puts an end to this initial attack. Initial attack. Um, the pirates want to attack, but since they are fighting from ships, they're at the mercies of the wind, and the winds are blowing mm-hmm. the wrong way. So Zhang is Of course like, they are. We can't. It doesn't make sense. A few days later, 43 fire ships, which my understanding of this is they're like rafts loaded with straw and explosives. Okay. So they okay. send them. So literally meant to be set on fire. Yes. So they set them okay. on fire, send them towards the pirates, and it's shooting like fire and sparks, and I assume they explode at some point. Okay. 43 of them show up, and they're sent two by two towards the pirates. Somehow, Zhang and her pirates manage to intercept and drag every single one of them ashore. Every single one of them. That's crazy. Yeah. As they're finishing up, the winds suddenly change direction. (gasps) Yeah, they do. In the pirates' favor. Yeah, they do. The winds end up blowing the two final ships back towards the Imperial fleet, and Jing realizes this is her chance, and she kicks into action. She orders all of their beached ships to be towed out and made ready to sail by the next morning. The next morning, they manage to slip past the blockade and defeat the Imperial fleet. How did they slip past the blockade? They used the more damaged ships to block the better ships. Oh, so kind that of like they a wolf took pack. Yes, so they took tactic. the brunt of the fire while everyone else slipped around. That makes sense. Um, potentially the most incredible part is that in this entire battle, she only lost 40 men and they lost none of their ships. What? Yeah. Not even the little dinky ones that were sent first? Nope. Nope. All of their ships make it. Wow. So the pirates are flipping a victorious. Yeah, yeah. But even after the victory, Zhang is smart enough to realize that the pirates' reign is coming to an end. The black ships had bowed out, bowed out. The Pirate Federation was weakened and fractured, and she knew that it was only a matter of time before she started to lose her power. Mm-hmm. But, being the shrewd businesswoman that she is, she decided to seize the opportunity to make a pardon with the Chinese government while she still had a substantial amount of power. Nice. So she contacts the government and lays out her terms. She demands full amnesty for all of her pirates. Awesome. In addition, they get to keep all of their loot. They would also be given aid to help establish themselves in the community and the opportunity to join the military. She also, right? That's a good, that's a good strategy. Yeah. She also demanded that she and her husband get to keep a small fleet of ships that they could use in the salt trade. Okay. The government, shocker, said, fuck that. (laughs) We're not going to give, why would they give I have not stated any numbers yet. Why would they give 17,000 pirates who have been wreaking havoc and murdering villages full amnesty? Yeah, but she has a compelling argument. She does. But yeah, they were basically like, no, we're not going to give 17,000 people all of the things that they stole and just completely ignore everything they said. So they were like, fuck that. Sorry. I give everyone the benefit of the doubt. I thought the (laughs) Chinese government was going to pull through for us here. (laughs) Uh, Jing said, fine, have it your way, and ordered a huge attack and pillaging raid all over the villages of the Purple River Delta. (laughs) 
Amazing. So great work, Chinese government. Yeah. At the end of this raid, she shows up in Canton and demands an in-person negotiation with the guy that's in charge. Her demands remain exactly the same. Mm -hmm. By this point, the government has caved to every demand except the fleet of ships for Shang and her husband. Okay. Because why would you let a pirate king and queen keep any ships? Right. It makes sense. (sighs) Shang, however, has decided this is an all-or-nothing bet or all-or-nothing negotiation and Mm -hmm. will not budge. The government begs and fights with her for days. And Jing eventually is like, well, I guess if we're not going to reach an agreement, I'm just going to go back to my ships and, like, we'll see what happens. (laughs) She, like, walks a few steps, looks behind her, walks a few more steps, looks behind her. And then the government's like, no, no, we see your point, (laughs) and gives in. Yay! Two weeks later, the red flag... Red Flag Fleet surrenders at Macau. That single fleet had 17,318 pirates, 226 boats, 1,315 cannons. Oh my gosh. She goes on to retire with her husband and their shit ton of money and their fleet of ships. She goes on to live a fairly normal life. I think she opens a gambling house in the city where they live and miraculously dies of old age surrounded by like children and grandchildren and yeah awesome yeah so that so cool. is pirate queen jing she also to give you a little perspective of just how badass she is um blackbeard and henry morgan two of the most infamous pirate captains commanded as many as 10 ships and several hundred men at the height of their career which we we think, like, Blackbeard is, like, the most badass pirate that's ever lived, right? Yeah, yeah. Ten ships and several hundred men. Jing, at the height of her career, commanded 1,200 to 1,800 ships and as many as 70,000 men. Whoa. And people think that women can't leave. QED, bitch. Yeah. Love that story so much. And the fact that she, like, she had to be so cool and composed and level-headed in every single one of those circumstances. Yeah. And she had to think, like, 12 steps ahead. Yes. Her husband dies, and she's like, okay, if I don't do something almost immediately, someone's gonna take his place for him. I I didn't say this at the time, but basically what happens with the, like, pirate confederation is they all meet, all the men meet, and they're kind of like, okay, well, who's gonna take his place? Mm -hmm. The first person to speak is Jing. And they're like, well, don't doesn't he have an heir? Like, didn't he have a son that would take over when he dies? Oh. And she says, yes, but I put him in charge of our ships. And he steps forward and says, yeah, I'm in charge of his fleet. And I fully support Zheng to be leader of the entire pirate army or the entire nice. pirate confederation. And then the pirate confederation's like, oh, yeah, I see your point. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, she did. She had it. Planned out step by step by step. That's crazy. Yeah. I cannot believe I'd never heard of her. Yeah. Same. I knew there was a pirate queen that was badass, but that's that's yeah. all I knew. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this week's RBG quote is... 
You asked me about my thinking about equal protection versus individual autonomy, and my answer to you is, it's both. This is something central to a woman's life, to her dignity. It is a decision a decision that she must make for herself, and when government controls that decision for her, she's being treated as less than a fully adult human responsible for her own choices. Yes. Ah. Oh. I love a good RBG quote. Yeah. I love that she's able to do a thing we're not often able to do uh, and take her good points and put them into actual words that yeah. make people understand <laughs> her, her point. That's so true. I try so hard. Uh, yeah. We have other skills in other places. It's fine. We do have other skills in other places, like social Transitions. media. Like <laughs> oh. social media, maybe. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Uh, so check out our social media skills across yes, all we... platforms. You uh, say be podcast. It's, give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us something. Yeah. Share. Give us attention. Give us, please. Please. We're so lonely. <laughs> give us validation. Uh, yeah, like, comment, send us things you find relevant and enjoyable, for sure. Speaking of sending us things you find relevant and enjoyable, you can reach us at usaybpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'll take any fun stories, validation, um, feedback, topic ideas, whatever you got. Send them our mm-hmm. way. We love to hear from you. Uh, you can find us at usabpodcast.com. We have a bunch of links to places you can listen, uh, as well as more info on what we talked about today. Yeah. Uh, and follow and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, now that we are out on the interwebs, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Yes. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us, you can listen on our website. That's, yeah, that's the thing are, you can do too. If um, you listen to some really obscure places, uh, we're on most of them. So. Yeah, so be sure to give us a rating, uh, hopefully a good one. Uh, but I mean, give us a rating. Yeah, tell us how we're doing. Yeah, more validation, please. Yeah, we appreciate feedback in all forms, primarily validation, but we do re- appreciate your feedback in all forms. Yes. Um. Our intro music, which you hear every single week, is Bitch, Bitch, Bitch by Glove Compartment, edited by yours truly. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening today, guys. We are so glad to have you here. And you can call us bitches if you want. But bitches get shit done. <laughs>